Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. And so Acts chapter 5, verse 12. So the apostles, this, this, remember this is after Jesus rose again. He appeared to the apostles, he appeared to people, then he was taken back up into heaven. The Holy Spirit fell, remember the day of Pentecost, they spoke with other tongues. The church started spreading like wildfire. Peter preached two messages and thousands came to the Lord. And so here we are. The apostles are still in Jerusalem. And this is a fascinating story. This is amazing. How many of you know stories are powerful? People will disagree. They can't quite get to a consensus on this. But between 40 and 50% of the Bible is in story form. Some have gone so far as to say 43% of the Bible is a narrative. Stories. Stories are powerful because we think in terms of stories. When you remember something, you tell a story. Your story is powerful. So we're reading through the Acts of the Apostles. It's a history book of the early church. All right. So back to verse 12. The apostles, which means messengers, that's what messenger is. The apostles also had the gift, gifts of the Holy Spirit on them. They were starting churches, healing the sick. People say, man, that, that was done away with with the apostles. Really? Well, I've seen people get healed firsthand. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs, so that can't be true. Jesus said, the works I do and greater. Hebrews 13, 8, you heard that in the prayer. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Why would they be better than us? They're not. Scripture says there's no respecter of persons with God. He sees us as not as male and female and Hispanic and white and black and Asian and Russian, he sees us as, once we've accepted Jesus, his children, people of God. Talk about perfect divine equality. That's how God created it. Children of God. He's, the vision of God has always been the earth full of his people. We messed it up in the Garden of Eden. Don't you dare be mad at Adam and Eve because if you were there, you would have messed it up. So would have I. I would have, they'd be cussing at my name right now. Oh, man, Matt, when I see him, no, well, come on. They had a chance. They were human. They messed up. But Jesus came back. Scripture says when Jesus returned, when he came to the earth, Scripture says he was the second Adam. He came to get us right with God, to keep us right with God, and to do the works that he worked. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the what? At the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. So remember that. They were meeting at the temple. Old school Jewish temple of the Old Testament. This says, and I want to clarify this, I don't know that I was clear on this last week, but no one else dared to join them. That could be referring to the Orthodox Jews, the ones who were the temple goers who had not believed in Jesus yet. It says no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. I say that because of the next verse. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. You say, man, is that contradictory? I believe it's talking about two different divisions of people, the Orthodox and then those that were just ready to be believers now. So we can clarify that. You can look into that more. I'll look into it more. But let's keep going on. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats. Look at the power of God so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Can you imagine getting healed by someone's shadow? <laughs> that is God's presence. 
That is a strange and unusual sign from heaven. Um, I remember back in the day, Dad would go on mission trips down into Mexico. And uh, for those of you who don't habla Espanol, that's Mexico. So um, I don't know why I said Mexico. We're in the English service. He went to Mexico, right? But Dad, Mom and Dad were down there. We had eyewitness accounts. Uh, Adrian's family was there. I believe his mom or dad. We had different folks that went. Different people that are still in attendance at this church or connected to this ministry. They did some meetings in a place called Guatemoc, Mexico. And the power of God was so strong there that people would get in line and show that their teeth were rotting out. And they would lay hands on them. I remember mom and dad and other people. And at the end of the service, they'd say, my teeth don't hurt anymore. What is it? They said, let's see your mouth. And they would have gold fillings with crosses in them, in their mouths. I'm not making that up. I mean, only God could do a creative miracle like that. I've had friends who have been at meetings where people without arms had arms grow out. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs, and they, they, you'd look at their legs and see that they couldn't, there's no way they could stand because they hadn't stood in years, and they were skin and bones, and God would empower them to stand up out of a wheelchair and walk. I've seen it. Well, there was a guy that came to church here one time that got healed of AIDS. <laughs> Interesting. This is a side note. Ever wondered why they don't talk about AIDS and HIV anymore? Just food for thought. Anyway, huh? I just, that, why is that? What, what's true and what's not true, right? Anyway, sorry, it's my mind. Even while I'm preaching, you guys, you wouldn't want to be in my head. There's several sermons going through my head. There's all kinds of stuff. But praise God. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Someone say they were all healed. Scripture says that where Jesus went and people believed that he healed everyone. Where there was a lack of faith, maybe they got a headache healed. I don't know. Scripture says in his hometown area that he couldn't do mighty works among them. Just a few miracles. So when you believe, though, remember Scripture talks about they heard and they believed. Scripture also says without faith, someone say without faith, it is impossible to please God. You say, man, well, I've struggled. Well, we're at different levels. I'm not at the level of faith that my dad is. I mean, sometimes he speaks and I just, <laughs> I'm like, what? That's incredible. The faith that he speaks and that he lives and he's practiced. But then I've spoken before and I'm a simple guy and others have looked at me and thought, what? Right? They say, what are you talking about, Pastor Matt? I'm like, I just believe. They're all, wait, we're at different levels of faith and God understands that. But the beauty of it is we're all still believers. We believe in Jesus. We know we, God is who he says he is. But there's different areas. You remember the saying, I've said this for years, and it always touches my heart. Remember the guy told the Lord? He said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. What does that mean? It means we struggle sometimes. He said, Lord, I believe. I know I'm going to heaven. But you know how it is. I know I'm going to heaven, Lord, but I need the money to pay this gas bill next week. I don't know how we're going to do it. Isn't that weird? But you believe you're going to heaven. That's the greatest miracle of all time, that you're right with God. So transpose that, transfer that into other areas of your life. Say, man, if God can save me, he can do anything. Keep believing. The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. Of course they were. Pontius Pilate noticed that they were crucifying Jesus, wanting to kill Jesus because of their envy. Remember that. Envy, you guys have studied in the spiritual warfare class, one of the man manifestations of jealousy, I think, is 
physical violence, isn't it? Is one of the manifestations of jealousy murder? Mm-hmm. They say it was a crime of passion. It was a crime of a spirit of jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail as opposed to the private jail, making sure y'all are listening. But an angel of the Lord came at night, <laughs> opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, look at this, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. The gospel that you know, the message that you know about Jesus is the message of life. Someone say the message of life. Glad to know you're still with me. Let's keep going. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. These dudes had boldness. When the high priest and his what? Officials arrived, his henchmen they convened, they convened at the high council the full assembly of the elders of Israel, which would be, in other terms, a term that they called the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was the top advisors, which it's strange. They were religious slash government leaders of Israel. Because back then, Israel, even though they were under the oppression of Rome at that time because of their disobedience to God in previous years, they, were, they still considered themselves a theocracy. You familiar with that term? We're supposed to be a democracy, right? A democratic republic. They were a theocracy. A system of government that was supposedly governed by God. So, of course, they turned that into something else because they were religious leaders. They had their own agenda. That was the Sanhedrin. Someone say the Sanhedrin. Uh-huh. The full assembly of the elders of Israel. Cool word. I don't remember exactly what it means, but it's that. Then they sent for the apostles to be brought from where? From the jail for trial. Of course they did. Folks are always five steps behind God, but God had already gotten them out of jail. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone, of course. So they returned to the council and reported the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside. But when we opened the gates, no one was there. Guys, that wasn't your hint. I don't know why they kept messing with them after that. When the captain of the temple guard and the leading priest heard this, they were perplexed. They were baffled. They were astonished. They were confused. They were without an answer, wondering where it would all end. <laughs> That's a funny translation. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. The captain went with his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence, for they were afraid the people would stone them. So, the leaders of Israel, the religious leaders, were operating in jealousy and fear. That doesn't sound like a good combination, does it? People do crazy stuff out of jealousy and fear. Jealousy leads to fear. Sometimes fear leads to jealousy. Then they brought the apostles before the high council where the high priest confronted them. We gave you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name, he said. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, about Jesus, and you want to make us responsible for his death. Well, sir, who killed him? You guys know history enough, right? We've studied scripture. Let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and get that out in the open. Who killed Jesus? The Pharisees with the Romans' help. They even made up something. You ever notice this? I've read the Old Testament a bunch of times. They said, they told the Romans, they said, no, you're going to have to kill him because it's against our law to do it. But at one point, they said, we have a law that makes him worthy of death because he made himself equal with God. So I'm wondering which of those statements they were executing. A, you know what's creepy? You ever wondered this? 
It's one thing having Jesus killed because you didn't know who he was, but what if you knew? Just food for thought. I've always wondered. I'm like, they hated him so intensely. Like, it was so demonic. And it had to happen. It had been prophesied and prophesied. You can find Jesus, if you look hard enough, you can find Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit in every book of the Bible. Something points to Jesus. Something. Jesus is in every page. There are what they call in the Old Testament theophanies. You've heard of the word epiphany, which means revealing? Well, theophany means a revealing of God. Who do you think stood before Abraham in the plains of Mamre? You ever wondered? It was God in the flesh. God in the flesh is Jesus. I don't know if he looked just like the one who was born later. You say, how on earth does that happen? I don't know. How has God always existed? I don't know. My mind is finite. I'm excited that I can remember certain dates and numbers, but then I'll be the first to tell you, with all the things that I can remember and all the things that God has gifted me with, I am very forgetful and absent-minded. It's strange. I mean, I'll put, I don't think I've done this before, but I'll, I don't think I've ever put the remote control in the refrigerator. But I've put some odd stuff in the refrigerator. I've thrown away gift cards. Yeah, we found them, praise God. One, one year, Morris says, baby, let's get all the family and everybody, let's go gift cards this year. Man, it'll be fun and exciting. About $350 worth of gift cards. I got them and threw them out in the trash. She goes, where are the gift cards? I went, oh my gosh, has the trash come. I ran out there, man. And I was, I was good at dumpster diving anyway, so I got them right out. But I'm going to tell you this right now. Even, <laughs> even having said all that, you got to remember this. you got to remember this. You got to remember this. No matter where you are in God, always keep your heart humble. Always keep your heart humble. Been talking to you guys on Sundays about God has got a plan and purpose and design. Nothing's by accident. You say, well, did God bring that awful thing on my life? There's things God allows. I don't understand everything, but I know God is good. Why? Scripture says it. Every good and perfect gift, Scripture says, is from the Father of lights, with whom is no shadow of turning. Every gift from God is good. Now, there's things God allows to happen. We don't understand it. We had a man of God here, and they call it, his name is Travi Joe. Uh, Joe, I think his name is Jose something Pagan. And he's, a, he's a, a Hispanic, he's a Puerto Rican, I guess he's reggaeton or hip-hop artist. And he was here giving his testimony. I had the privilege, I had the privilege of interviewing him in the Spanish work, uh, service a couple weeks ago. And he wrote a book, look at this, called 51 Days, The Gift of Cancer. You say, man, cancer's not a gift. My mom died of cancer. Y'all have known people who've died of cancer. But you know what? It turned his life around and set him on a different course. All things work together for good. I don't know why I'm in this vein tonight, but there's something going on here, and I need to go ahead and follow it. Even though my mom's not here, it all worked out for her good, didn't it? You think she's feeling any pain right now? Think she's got to worry about cutting her hair, showering, wondering what she eats, worried about this, taking medicine? No, mom's taken care of. And I bet she's beautiful. She was always beautiful anyway. I don't get it. I don't understand it all. But I know Romans 8.28 says all things work together for good to those that... I told someone that the other day and they kind of blew me off. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, well, let me finish this. Man, we're, we're going to go down to Chinatown. No, I didn't say that. 
She, yeah, 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 I know, but, and she's going through it, bless her heart, going through it in her life and her husband's life. But I said, all things work together for good for those that love God and are called. Can I give you some advice tonight? Even if you say, no, I'm going to do it anyway because you came to my service. Do yourself a favor and don't try to figure it all out. You'll drive yourself nutty. You'll drive yourself up the wall, man. Some of the times in my life, I'm glad I'm not deeply introspective, but I, we're all thinkers to some point. But sometimes we go, why, but this, and then that, and that didn't add up. You know why it all doesn't add up? Because God says, trust me. We walk by faith and not by sight, Scripture says. If you understood it all, you wouldn't need God. If you had it all figured out, you wouldn't need His Word. I don't know why I'm in this vein right now, but remember this. As you walk through life, remember, David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's, pretty, that's a pretty good example. You've been there, haven't you? A lot of you have been through there. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Your protective hand comforts me. Your correction and your discipline comforts me. Say, man, I don't get it all. Me neither. There's things now that God has revealed to me that I didn't get as a kid, but now there's new mysteries. There's new things that I'm, I'm going, Lord, I don't, I don't get this. And all I can hear God say is, trust me. All I can hear God ask me is, do you still believe? All I can hear God say is, are you still going to love me if it doesn't work out like you wanted it to? Yeah, yeah, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Let's get back to this. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. Yes. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be what? Forgiven. Someone say forgiven. When you repent, you can be forgiven. You don't just get forgiven and keep a bad attitude and go, I haven't done anything wrong, right? I, have you, maybe y'all haven't done this. Y'all are probably more righteous than me. But I, have you ever had a, have you ever done a funky apology? Received one or given one? A what? Yeah. Or I'm sorry that bothered you, you know. What? That don't, I don't know about y'all's houses, but that doesn't fly very well at my house. My wife's like, I don't know what that was. Jen's told me before, she's like, baby, you want to try again? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm trying, girl. You know, I'm just struggling right now with some pride, but let's just pray. <laughs> Jesus help me, right? I'm like, where did that come from? can't blame my generations. I mean, I'm old enough to be, like Scripture says, he's of age. He can speak for himself, right? I'm like, mm, Lord, just help me. It's my own pride. You were only, there's only forgiveness if you can repent. Remember that. And you want to make a real apology? Then make a real apology with the intent and the desire and the drive and the motivation to change. Because, hey, let's be real. There's some areas in my life you say, man, that's not that awful. Yeah, but God deals with us at our level. Things that bother me or bother my wife, some of my mistakes, some of my weaknesses, my wife's told me before, well, baby, you've apologized for that before. And I'm like, I know, but I'm getting better, though. 
Because now we're talking about it sooner. <laughs> I'm working on it with God's help. And, and God allows you to have your own mess so he can always just work on you through it. How many of you know God's not done with you? I don't know how many of y'all have been in church any certain amount of time, but I remember as a kid there was a song we used to sing, He's Still Working on Me to Make Me What I Ought to Be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. It took him just a week to create the universe, but it's taking him years to work in me. Isn't that incredible? You're quite a creation. You say, man, well, that's a negative. No, you're just worth it. You're just worth it. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, who is given by God to those who obey him. Amen, somebody. All right. When they heard this, the high council was furious. Why? They were operating in a spirit of jealousy, which has a manifestation of murder. The high council was furious and decided to kill them again. Didn't a few... Verses ago, they said, you're trying to hang this on us that we killed him. You're trying to make us responsible. Who was responsible? They're ready to do it again, too. Man, isn't that, isn't that something called gaslighting when you call someone out on something and they flip it on you and go, go, man, well, that's your response to my evil behavior. You're wrong. It's just, I don't know. I can't figure out what's going on with these folks here besides the spirit of jealousy. But one member, look, someone with sense. This is actually the Apostle Paul's mentor from the old school Orthodox law. All right? He had some sense. He was a true, true fearer of God. One member, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, practice that word at home, right? Say that 10 times real fast, who was an expert in religious law and respected by all the people, he stood up and ordered that the what? Men be sent outside the council chamber for a while. A wise move. Let's not argue in front of the kids, right? I don't know. Then he said to his colleagues, men of Israel, take care what you're planning to do to these men. Look at the wisdom of God flowing through this guy. Some time ago, there was that fellow Theudas who pretended to be someone great. About 400 others joined him, but he was killed, and all his followers went their various ways. The whole movement came to what? Zero. Next verse. After him, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee. He got people to follow him, but he was killed too, and all his followers were what? scattered so my advice is leave these men alone let them go if they're planning and doing these things merely on their own it will soon be overthrown one translation says it will soon come to nothing but if it is from god you will not be able to overthrow them you may even find yourselves fighting against god somebody was wise but look at what they did the others accepted his advice so they accepted his advice, so they still called in the apostles and had them flogged. They whipped them. Can you believe that? It's humiliating, painful, and tears the skin off your body. Wow. They called in the apostles and had them flogged, even after that advice. But at least they didn't kill them. Then they ordered them never again to speak in what? The name of Jesus, and they let them go. Don't speak in the name of Jesus. Away with you. Well, the apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace. Come on, let's, let's start this verse again. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Powerful. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. Let's linger on that verse for a minute. The Messiah means the anointed one, the chosen by God. 
Every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. I want to focus on every day. We're going to stop there in this chapter. and We're going to save uh, chapter 6 for a couple weeks from now. Someone say every day. Mm -hmm. Every day. I don't take breaks from my Christian walk. I've had to tell people before, look, if you want to be close to me, then just get ready. We're going to talk about the Lord. You want to hang out with me? Then we're going to have to make this faith-based. Because oil doesn't mix with water. It doesn't mix very well. And I'm not called, look, we're called to reach out to people. We're called to love people. We're called to love those who don't believe in Jesus. We're called to love the atheist and the, the pimp daddy and the prostitute and the drug user. We're called to love them. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're not called to hang out with them all the time. See, Jesus spent time, most of his time was spent with believers. Say, so, wait, how do you figure? Yeah, his disciples were believers in him. He sat down to eat with with the unlikely and the unworthy. He sat down with tax collectors, but he didn't do it all the time. His lifestyle was to give them hope, and he was always ministering to them. See, because I've seen believers, they say, well, you know what, I'm hanging out with them. I'm a real light to them. I'm, I've seen them, and I go, are you a light? We're not called, Scripture says, we're not called to be unequally yoked. What does unequally yoked mean? Let me explain what unequally yoked is. Has anyone ever seen two oxen pulling a cart? They have a yoke on them, right? It's a harness that holds them to the cart. Imagine, if you will, an ox who's about this tall and just gigantic. That's his back probably. He's just huge. Or she. And a cat. Imagine trying to harness those two and get them to pull a cart. The cat's useless. He's clawing the ox. The ox is stepping on the cat. It'll make no sense. That is unequally yoked. That's why we're... We're not called to be in business deals with the world. We're not called to, you say, man, ooh, but she fine, bro. Okay. I had guys tell me that. Yeah, but she's beautiful, man. I'm going to lead her to Jesus. I'm like, you might, but chances are you won't. What you compromise to get, I don't know who this is for tonight, maybe on the live stream, what you compromise to get, maybe the podcast, you will eventually lose. Your life is called to be every day in God's presence. I don't take time off from God. Even on vacation, you say, yeah, well, we're just going to take a break. We're going to check out. Just let's not mention God. I've heard people say this. Business is business and church is church. What? Maybe I'm not smart enough to get that. What do you mean business is business? My character goes with me everywhere. I'll never forget when my brother was first running for office, city commissioner, one of the questions they posed, I don't know if it was a journalist, I think it was, somebody for the newspaper. I don't remember the details of it, but I do remember this clearly. They said, is your faith going to affect your decisions? Jonathan said, yes, my faith is who I am. You elect me, you elect me to make decisions based on the filter of my faith. Well, why? Oh no, church is church and politics is politics. That's why we are where we are. Had men been men of God all these years and women been women of God, we, they never would have allowed this to happen to our nation. Now they're teaching a bunch of political stuff from the pulpit. They don't teach the word anymore. And they won't speak the truth. Why? 
You say, who's they, Pastor Matt? Believers as a whole, they won't speak the truth. They would rather be socially acceptable. Someone told me one day, she said, man, it would be hard to, you know, be your job. And, and she was talking about some other stuff. I won't get into all the details. But she said, you have to appease people. I said, hey, sis, you may, you may know some people that are related to me, or, you know, but I don't appease anyone. I got a wife at home that my, my goal in life and calling in life is to keep happy and blessed and safe and protected, but I don't appease. Mm-mm. I don't appease. And if plagues come again, which there will be plagues, Jesus said there will be plagues, so there will be more than just COVID. If it comes again, they're just going to have to drag me off if it gets illegal. So y'all, some of y'all better get ready to preach. We may need some subs. No, I'm not pointing. I'm, no, I'm pointing. You know, really, get ready. Because they, if they come in and start closing down churches, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, what are you in for? I uh, went to church. That was a test run. They were taking notes. Who closed? Who didn't close? What did they do? What did, yeah, they were taking notes. And you know what it was? I love this statement. Someone said, Pastor, it's a test of our faith. Yeah, it was. In different ways. He said, well, how did it test your faith, Pastor Matt? You weren't worried about the virus. No, but that messed with me to have to. I got, we got caught off guard and had to close for, uh, well, not allow anyone inside for Easter Sunday of 2020. That was, man, I felt like it was the end of the world. I felt like I wasn't able to do my job. I felt like I wasn't living in America. But then, you know, I reverted to this. Say, how do you stay stable? How do you hold it together in the face of a storm? I seek him every day. Every day. Not to impress you, not to, not to, to be religious or be a Pharisee with you. I seek him every day because I need him. I can't make it without God. I can't make it without God's manifest presence. I cry out to him daily. I was listening to the word today. I was driving down the road and I was listening to the book of Revelation, man, because it's, it's in this special uh, Bible reading plan I'm, I'm doing this year, a new one. And I, I heard some things that just blew me away again. And I'm like, how many times have I heard that? And God's word is so good, so new, so fresh, so powerful. So every day, someone say every day. Uh-huh. Your faith is every day. So if your faith is only here, then you need to talk to God about it. Because you got to take your faith to work. You got to take your faith on vacation. You got to take your faith to, to school. You got to take your faith to the business deal. You got to take your faith to the, your self employment, whatever that is, your side hustle. Every day in the temple and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message Jesus is the Messiah. You know the power of Jesus? And I'm going to end with this. Scripture says in Revelation that the testimony of Jesus is the essence of prophecy. Why? Because he's. The Alpha and the Omega. So he's past, present, and future. You get to know Jesus. He'll talk to you about his word and what's going to come. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. We just finished Acts chapter 5. Father, I honor you. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for your word. The blood of Jesus over your people, Lord. We break every attack of the enemy. Everybody repeat this, repeat this word, if you would, in this house and on the live stream. Say, Heavenly Father, cleanse my heart. I believe in Jesus, so I will live it. I will not just talk it, but I will be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. I'm called to live according to your word. I believe, I thank you, and I, 
I love it that you are with me. Forgive me and cleanse me. Jesus, my Lord, my life, my hope, my protection, my God, and my Savior. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.